Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. So we've been in Ephesians, and we are in Ephesians chapter 3 today. And last time we went over verse only verse 1 of chapter 3, but this time we're going to go through chapter 3, verses 1, all the way through verse 6. Uh, and those are the verses that we're going to touch on today. And it's amazing what Paul is writing about through this letter. Um, we know that letters are meant to be read through as a whole in one sitting, right? You don't read a letter from a missionary and you only read the first few paragraphs and then stop there and then pick up the next day. No, you want to read the whole thing so that you can gain context of what they are saying what Paul is trying to say here in Ephesians is what we should look after. So let's go ahead and start off. So in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that has been given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This is the mystery. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So we can see here now that Paul is trying to make a point. He's trying to allow the people of Ephesus know about this mystery. And not only that, this mystery that is being revealed and unraveled. You see here, Paul is talking about when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. So it's as if I was revealed something and I want to tell you, but the way I'm telling you is by letter. So I'm writing it down. So I'm going to say as you read this or when you read this, you will know what this mystery is because I'm letting you know. I'm about to tell you. And that's what Paul is doing. And in chapter 2, he let us know, or let the Ephesians know, right? We have the, the context. Context is he's writing to the churches in Ephesus, and he's saying that you were once dead in your sins and trespasses. And then he gets into verse 11 where he talks about, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is the circumcision, which is made 
in the flesh by hands. Remember that at one time you were separated from Christ. And he starts going on with a list of the things that the Gentiles did not once have. But because of Christ and his saving grace, we see verse 18, for though for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. So this is a mystery that is being unraveled by Paul in such a way that he tells us what the mystery is. And this mystery is that Christ is reconciling everything to himself. And he says that. And it's all for God's glory, right? That's the main purpose, is that this is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, has nothing to do with us. Actually, we did do something in order for Christ to die for our sins. We had to sin, and we know sin is not good. Sin is transgression from the Lord. Sin is not obeying God when he tells us to do something or vice versa, doing something that God tells us do not do. So here we read and we see that Paul wants to make this known in such a way that he is writing the letter of Ephesians in prison. And he's saying, remember that at one time you were separated, but now because of Christ, because of what God has done, we have now been brought to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. And this is revealed by the Holy Spirit, enlightening us, allowing us to understand the gospel. And that's what Paul is doing. Paul is basically saying this mystery, this mystery of Christ, this is the gospel. This is the power of God unto salvation, he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And before that, in verse 15, he even mentions that he desires to preach the gospel to believers, to the Christians. So... The gospel is not just for the unbelievers. The gospel is also for the believers. What is the Lord's Supper? The Lord's Supper is where we proclaim Christ's death. That's part of the gospel, but we have to realize that Christ is not dead. He rose from the grave, and that is the hope that we have. It's a living hope because Christ lives. But let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3. So, verse 1, again, we'll touch on this briefly. He says, for this reason, I, Paul. So, what did he say? So, he's saying, for this reason. What reason? The reason that we're made one in Christ. We're made fellow heirs. And he's saying that we were saved by grace through faith. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. Before that, he says that we have obtained an inheritance. But this is in Christ. We have the love of the Father by Him predestining us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And He also tells us that we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. We had nothing to do with all of this. This is the great grace of God that is revealed to us through the gospel. And even Paul, chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, 
to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul's common language. This is Paul's common greeting to the believers by blessing them and saying grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This peace comes from both of them. Um, and it's revealed through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that indwelled Christ whenever he went into the um, the wilderness to be tempted. And we see what happens. Jesus did not, does not succumb to sin, temptation, or any of that. Why? Because he is the sinless Lamb of God. He is God's Son. And he's... God in the flesh. That's a big one. A lot of us preach Christ and we sound Christian, but we never acknowledge that Christ is God in the flesh. We forget about that part. And that's a vitally important part to talk about and preach about whenever you're preaching the gospel. Because if you do not mention Christ as Lord, then you're not preaching the gospel. You're pe preaching a counterfeit and you're leading people astray. You're leading people into believing a false gospel. So he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. In, chapters, in chapter 4, he actually says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. So we see here prisoner of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And then over there in chapter 4, he says, for Jesus Christ or for the Lord. Um, it conveys this meaning that the reason why Paul is in prison in the first place is because he's doing the Lord's good work in preaching the gospel. So he's in prison, not because he did something wrong. He disobeyed the law in such a way that threw him into prison. Instead, he preached Christ, and because of that, he was thrown into prison. You see, by being a prisoner of Christ, Jesus means that you are totally devoted to Christ's command. And his command, we see it in Matthew chapter 28, where he tells us that we are to preach this gospel. We are to teach everything to obey all that Jesus Christ has commanded. We are to preach this gospel and make disciples by discipling them. And it says, on behalf of you Gentiles. So because Paul is in prison, is for them. It's not for himself. It's not for him to gain some kind of applause. Because he did not seek man's applause. Instead, he sought to do the Lord's will. And the Lord's will was to preach this gospel. And that is the very reason why he was in prison. So he was in prison for Christ. And it says in verse 2, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. So Paul is leading on to they know this mystery. They know this reason why Paul is in prison. They ought to know this. And Paul is saying, assuming that you have heard 
of the stewardship of God's grace. The stewardship of God's grace was given to them by Paul. And it says, was given to me for you. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation. So this is what they ought to know. As I have written briefly. That's a, that's a really important thing to uh, notice. Paul wrote about this mystery. Paul has been writing. We're reading Paul's writings. And we know that Paul was set apart for God's, um, how would you say, apostle to the Gentiles, right? And here we're reading God's word. So Paul used Paul, God used Paul to write this, to write God's word that we have now in our hands. And he is saying, as I have written briefly, when you read this, so now he's assuming that there's power behind what he is writing. And he's talking about this specific letter when he says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. So we see that Paul is revealing now this mystery. And now we see whose mystery this is. This is the mystery of Christ. So Christ is this mystery now we can ask ourselves, okay, what is this mystery of Christ? I knew that this was a uh, mystery that was hidden from long ago, but now it's being revealed because now it's being mentioned as the mystery of Christ. So now we see who is behind this mystery. It is Christ. And it says, when you read this, you can perceive or you can understand, you can see my insight into the mystery of Christ. So what Paul is doing, he's letting us know, letting the Ephesians know, I have something that I want to make known to you. Here it is. Let me tell you. This reminds me of John Piper and how he preaches. The way the passion behind his preaching is brought forth from his understanding of God's word, and now he's painting a picture to us whenever we watch him preach. Uh, I love Pastor John Piper. I love his teachings. It's very helpful, easy to understand. But you see his hand motions. He's very lively, passionate, and he wants to paint a picture so that we may understand. And this is what Paul is doing. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And then we are led into verse 5, where he says, which was not made known to me or made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So the Spirit of God reveals to them the mystery. Right, apart from the Spirit, they would not know this mystery. And we see that it was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy, his holy apostles and prophets. So we see that this mystery, this un us being united to Christ through faith alone has been preached. And actually, we get that in chapter 3 of Genesis, 3.15, right, where he is 
condemning the serpent by telling him, on your belly you shall go. Right? He says, this is what God says. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's speaking to the serpent. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That is what is called the Proto-Evangelium, which means the first gospel. This is the first gospel ever told, and it was told to the first people to walk on this earth. And the serpent, who will later realize what God meant, right? There's going to be enmity between the two. And not only that, the offspring of the woman and his offspring. And it says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Well, what happened at the cross? When Jesus was nailed to the cross, he died. But he rose from the grave, thereby fulfilling what God said here, that Jesus will bruise his head or crush his head. He crushed the enemy. And you shall bruise his heel. That is, Christ died. But see, Christ died to rise again. That's why we have a living hope to this resurrection, because Christ rose from the dead to never die again. So that is the first gospel ever told. And as time goes on, we get a better picture of God's redemptive plan. Right? We get into the story of Moses is very common and we know it um, if you don't read Exodus great uh, piece of not only history but this is from God to us to read and understand in light of the New Testament whenever we read the New Testament we can't just run off with the New Testament forget about the old we have to read back and now with the new eyes that god has given us now we can read the old testament understanding all of these bits and pieces of the old Testament, well the whole old testament but we see picture we see we see a foreshadow of what is fully to be revealed in christ so moses was a christ figure he rescued the people out of the land of egypt took them out of there and rescued them, right? And that's what Jesus did. We were in bondage. See, those people were in bondage uh, to the Egyptians, and they were in shackles, and they had to work and work and work, probably malnourished and just nonstop work. And... They were depraved. They, they had lots of emotions and, 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 and stuff going on within them and their family. And Moses, God rose up in Egypt to take him out of Egypt to show him and humble him so that when Moses was changed, came back. And ask for the people to go. And that's where God reveals his power to them. By demolishing the false gods. 
that they were worshiping. Then after that, the people were let go and they were saved. They crossed through the Red Sea. That's the beautiful thing of the gospel. We see now these pictures of the gospel and what Christ has been doing forever. Because Jesus is God in the flesh. He's always existed. And then here, Paul is saying, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. And then he says, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Let me read you a passage in Colossians, or actually 1 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 1. He says this, this is how one should regard us, right? This is speaking of the ministry of the apostles, right? As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So they were the ones to carry the mysteries of God and reveal it to the people, but that is done by the Holy Spirit, right? And then if we go over to... 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, 15 all the way through 18. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision, for I would rather die than have anyone deprive me from my ground of foreboasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For I do this of my own will. I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. So we're still speaking of this stewardship. And he says, what then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. <clears throat> so we see that the apostles were given this mandate, right? That this is how one should regard them as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, of these prophets of these apostles. And then we read in chapter 9 where he speaks about that they were entrusted for it is for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So so this is where Paul is. Paul Paul is burdened that these people are to know the gospel and Paul is exhausting himself being thrown in prison just so he can get a word out, not just a word, but God's word, Christ's word, right? Because we are told that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So this is what Paul is realizing here. And then he tells us in verse 6, this is the mystery. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus, how? Through 
the gospel. And I'm going to just end it with this. This is David Platt, and he summarized the gospel, and I really like the way he summarized the gospel. Uh, it makes it really easy to understand, but it's rich and sufficient because it comes from the Word of God. So listen to this. It says, The gospel is the good news that the only true God, the just and gracious creator of the universe, has looked upon hopelessly sinful men and women and has sent his Son, God in the flesh, to bear his wrath against sin through his substitutionary death on the cross and to show his power over sin and death through his resurrection from the grave so that everyone who turns from their sins and themselves and trusts in Jesus alone as Savior and Lord will be reconciled to God forever. So yeah, glory to God for this gospel. We ought to praise him, we are to worship him and just see how beautiful this is, right? We are to see how beautiful the gospel is. Right? Praise God for his saving grace. Right? How much glory you will give to God will be determined on by how sinful you see sin to be. Right? How much glory you will give to God will be determined by how sinful you see sin to be. So let's view sin how God's view sin. Let's view sin just as how God views sin. Right? It is transgression against Him. It is rebellion against Him. So the gospel is to repent. Turn away from that sin, acknowledging that you wronged God, that we broke his commandments, that you're truly sorry, a heart for wanting God to know that you did not know, you didn't mean to, and you come to him for forgiveness and he will forgive you. Repent and believe in the gospel. This, this gospel that Christ Jesus has come and died for our sins and that he was buried and on the third day he rose from the grave. And all of this is according to the scriptures, the Bible, God's word. So I challenge you to read God's word and learn from it and grow from it. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.